The cannabis craze hit Mzanzi a while ago when it was legalized in South Africa. But navigating the legal hoops to farm with this crop is tricky. This week on Farmers Inside Track, we share a guide to farming with cannabis, plus the ins and outs of selling this crop on the market. In our farmer development segment, Francois Lechanti, the Farmsil Agri Specialist in KwaZulu Natal, advises any up-and-coming farmers to start incorporating technology in their farming businesses sooner rather than later. This, he explains, is to ensure that they keep up with the latest trends as well as improve their chances of producing profitable yields. Agricultural exports are expected to reach record levels this year. Mzanzi is boasting with its second largest export earnings on record of $10.2 billion in the first quarter. Davi Marie, head of information and marketing at FNB Agriculture, believes the outlook for the rest of the year remains favorable. We find out why. And this week's hashtag Soul Sister, powered by Food for Mzanzi and Koteva AgriScience, is Lasejo Morapelli, a Northwest rabbit farmer who saw a gap in the market and, well, the rest is history. And on top of our reading list this week is Farmer Innovation in Africa, a source of inspiration in agricultural development by Chris Raj and Arne Waters-Bayer. This is Farmer's Inside Track. Supported by Food for Mzansi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey, I'm Zanzi, and welcome to episode 92 of Food for Mzansi's podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host, Dawn Numdu, the editor for audience and engagement at Food for Mzansi. And joining me is journalist and co-host Duncan Masiwa. Dawn, it's great to be back and I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to another jam-packed episode. Let's get the show on the road with that promised talk about cannabis farming. Journalist Nicole Ludov chats to CEO and co-founder of Chiba Africa, Trenton Birch. Thank you so much, Dawn and Duncan. Now, Trenton, how does the legality of farming with and selling cannabis or cannabis products work? When it comes to the legality of farming cannabis, at the moment there are three entry points. One can apply for a medicinal license through SAPRA, which is quite a big process and takes capital. You have to be able to set up a GMP facility and go through quite a lengthy process and procedure to grow medicinal cannabis. The second is industrial, which is for the hemp industry. Permits for those uh, growing allowances are being issued from October. So then you can grow hemp for industrial use. You can also grow hemp for CBD for medicinal use, but those will not be part of the agricultural licenses at present. They will only be for growing industrial, which means that there has to be a limit to the THC that is found in that. The third option is growing for cannabis clubs. The September 2018 Concord ruling states that people have the right to consume and grow cannabis personally at home. The cannabis clubs have fulfilled a slightly, arguably, a grey area at the moment in terms of other people growing cannabis for the members of the club in order for them to fulfil their constitutional rights. So those are the three ways of growing cannabis at the moment. As far as selling cannabis products, you can only sell CBD products that are imported. So the CBD has to be imported. You cannot buy or trade CBD at the moment internally from a legal perspective. 
You can also not buy or sell THC. The only way you can sell THC product in this country at the moment legally is through what's called the Section 21. That Section 21 is per patient and is issued through SAPRA. Doctors are able to issue Section 21s so that patients can get a medical card. But otherwise, selling THC in South Africa is still illegal. So at the moment, there is no trade industry within South Africa, but that is changing. What opportunities are currently available in the cannabis sector? There are a lot of opportunities that are growing constantly. The challenge is without legislation and without uh, updated legislation and clarity on the ins and outs, there is a lot of gray area in terms of what you can do. Essentially, you know, if you, if you want to grow, you know, sell grow equipment, there is a massive market for that. There's a very big recreational market for people growing at home. So there's a lot of grow stores that have opened up. Cannabis clubs, while still sitting in a slightly gray zone, in light of a club called the Hayes Club, which is under scrutiny for their cannabis club model. Depending on which way that ruling goes, will have an impact on whether the club model is acceptable. So in terms of opportunities, you know, if you have a lot of cash, there's an opportunity to get a medicinal license. For that medicinal license, you do need what's called an off-take agreement, which means you have to have an international company agree to take your product. And there's obviously all sort of peripheral stuff around the industry, whether it's security, whether it's currying, moving stuff around, marketing, recruitment. There are lots of needs for ancillary services within the industry. So the industry is coming online, but until legislation is clarified by the government, it will take some time. But like any industry, there's a whole lot of support services that need to go around an industry to survive. In terms of working as a farmer or producers of products, those are still pretty much on hold unless you're importing CBD. There are, of course, lots of people selling THC and CBD that they're manufacturing locally, illegally, and that market is going to continue to flourish and to build and grow until the government gets their act together with the legislation. How does the market look for legally grown or mass-produced cannabis? Is exporting an option? There is no local market for cannabis at the moment. If you grow cannabis here with a medicinal license, you have to export it. So as it stands, if you do not have an export license, you cannot get a license to grow. But even if you have an export license, there's no guarantee that that will actually happen because your product has to be to a certain standard. So as it stands at the moment, if you have an international offtake agreement, you can grow and you can export and sell cannabis. But on a local level, you cannot sell cannabis. Can you give us some tips or insight into growing cannabis? Growing cannabis at home is relatively simple if you're growing outdoor then you need knowledge of the light cycles. Um, there are certain principles that you need to grow, but I think growing outdoor is probably the easiest way to grow cannabis. If you're growing indoor in a tent, you need to, and you're basically recreating the outdoor environment inside. So you need to understand, you know, all kinds of different parameters from temperature control to making sure you've got airflow to having fans to make sure that you're creating this environment to replicate the outside. So that can get a lot more technical. In terms of growing season, it's basically starting September, October, people grow. We can get about three seasons in South Africa if we grow cleverly, just because of our, our long summers. Obviously, it depends whereabouts in the region that you live. You can grow from various different ways. You can grow from seed, you can grow from clones, or you can grow from tissue culture. People that uh, run commercial farms prefer to grow from clones because they take them from what's called a mother plant, which means that they have the exact identical genetic, whereas when you're getting seeds, you're not exactly sure what you're going to get. So. Most commercial farms grow from clones that they create from a mother plant, which is a strong, robust plant that they have picked and tested. And those are sort of the foundations of how people grow. 
it can get very, very complex when you're growing at scale because you're dealing with thousands of plants. You're dealing with all kinds of different parameters. If you're growing in tunnels, you know, in the summer, you've got to make sure you've got good airflow. If you're growing indoor, you've got to make sure that you are, you know, at scale, you are managing all these different environmental factors through, you know, complex computer systems and HVAC systems. So growing indoor is a science and an art altogether. What a lot of people don't realize is they can grow, you know, five, 10 plants at home and they think it's easy to scale up onto an industrial level, but it isn't. It takes a lot of work. Plus, if you're growing medicinal cannabis, you also have to work into SOPs, which is standard operating procedures. Everything has to be checked and tested. Ultimately, the whole thing when you're growing medicinal cannabis is consistency. And the only way you get consistency is to make sure that you have proper systems in place and proper testing. And so when you're growing for medicinal cannabis, it actually is quite a complex process and takes a lot of IP and a lot of skill and a lot of development. So scaling up is a big challenge for growing, but I think uh, if anybody wants to start growing, growing a few plants outdoors is probably the best and easiest way to start. Thanks for joining us, Trenton Birch. Trenton is, of course, the CEO and co-founder of Chiba Africa. Now, from cannabis farming to farmer development with Francois Lechanti, FarmSol's agri-specialist in KwaZulu-Natal. Now, Francois' advice to any up-and-coming farmer is quite simple. Incorporate technology into your farming business sooner rather than later. This, he says, will ensure farmers keep up with the latest trends as well as improve their chances of producing profitable yields. Now, Francois, you've highlighted that the right technology enables smallholder farmers to meet the rising demands for food production by efficiently producing as much food as possible in a short space of time. Could you explain why this is so vital, especially for new farmers? The introduction of technology allows farmers to increase their plant production efficiency by providing them with the opportunity to plant more hectares within the same period of time or planting window. It also ensures that farmers apply only the required crop inputs thanks to precision equipment application capabilities. This saves the farmer money on input costs and ensures that he or she have the best chance of achieving targeted yields. Farmers are also able to track and monitor crops and record useful data such as soil classifications, rainfall per season, crop health, or pinpoint any problems within their fields so that they can rectify them. In short, farmers have a tool that they can use to monitor crops and manage them around the information they are provided with thanks to technology. Now let's be real for a sec. You know, the latest technology costs more than the average smallholder farmer can actually afford. And these high costs coupled with the low or slow return on the investment often stops the average farmer from quickly adapting technology. Do you have any suggestions or ideas, you know, for new farmers around adopting new technology? I would advise any up-and-coming farmers to start incorporating technology in their farming businesses sooner than later to ensure that they keep up with the latest trends as well as improve their chances of producing profitable yields. Although incorporating technology can be expensive, there are many agricultural apps that farmers can now download onto their cellular devices at no cost, which can be used to map fields as well as add important seasonal data, which they can then incorporate in their planning. Farmers need to identify their specific needs per farm and work out a plan that best suits their needs. I would advise farmers that are planting grain crops to focus on their planter and their sprayer accuracy as this is where technology has made huge beneficial changes to the cropping industry. Every season provides a new chance to learn from the past mistakes and find better ways to utilize technology and the data it provides. Now at FarmSol, you utilize the Climate Field View platform to support your FarmSol farmers. 
Could you tell us more about this platform and how it's benefited farmers in your network? Climate Field View is one of the leading technology platforms available to the modern farmer. This app allows farmers to map their fields and record important data per field, such as crop type, rainfall per season, production inputs, soil health, crop health, etc. All of the data is then used to plan what crops to plant and what inputs are required per field. This is extremely useful as it allows the farmer to create a comprehensive plan around his or her production season before any money is spent. Farmers can also compare historical data from previous seasons to ensure that there is constant improvement on their farm. FarmSol have incorporated Climate Field View into the Emerging Farmer program and have all their farmers mapped and recorded on the app. Together with the technical advisors at FarmSol, the farmers and the agri-specialists worked hand-in-hand on the app to plan and manage the crops. This allows for all FarmSol farmers to benefit from an advanced technology that they would otherwise not be able to afford. And finally, we can't let you go before asking you to share a couple of tips with farmers. What's your top three tips for new farmers in Mzanzi? Three tips that I would give any up-and-coming farmer would be 1. To diversify their farming operation to ensure that they spread their risk in the business. 2. To identify what crop or animal production operation would best suit their farm in that specific area and focus on those. This could be based on the farm's soils, water availability, geographical location or anything like that. And lastly, three, I would advise new farmers to never give up and to see every day as a new challenge to better yourself and the environment around you. Thanks, Francois Legranchi. That's, of course, FarmSol's agri-specialist in KwaZulu-Natal. Be sure to check out Food for Mzanzi on Fridays as we introduce you to a different FarmSol youth ambassador. Thanks, Duncan. And just a side note to any new farmer, you can never underestimate the importance of finding a great farming mentor. Now we change gears from farmer development to agricultural exports. Mzanzi is boasting with its second largest export earnings on record of $10.2 billion in the first quarter. Davi Marie, head of information and marketing at FNB Agriculture, believes the outlook for the rest of the year remains favorable. We can expect another year of good exports of our agricultural products. The international demand remains high and prices for our major export commodities is also elevated at this stage. The country's production capacity for our export products is quite robust and we expect that we will once again see uh, good citrus exports as well. We are the second biggest exporter of citrus in the world. There was a small setback in export volumes with the unrest in KZN and Transnet's IT problems, but it seems as if it's recovered from the initial setbacks and exports is going out quite freely now. The South African agricultural sector remains well diversified and with the geographical distribution of crops and livestock, we remain optimistic about another stellar performance from the sector this year. Davi Marie, Head of Information and Marketing at FNB Agriculture. Thanks Dawn and great having you Davi Marie, who is of course the Head of Information and Marketing at FNB Agriculture. Listen, our book of the week is coming up shortly, but first we meet our hashtag soil sister. She's a rabbit farmer from Mahikeng in the northwest and she goes by the name of Lesejo Morapeli. Now, besides being a farming force to be reckoned with, she's currently also on a year-long blender development program at the Gips Business School. Lesejo, where and how did your farming journey start? I was passing at some farms in Whitbank and I saw some rabbit uh, in the cages and I was thinking, you know, some cultures eating rabbit meat when I started researching about it. And 
I found something interesting. I saw that, you know, rabbit meat is a healthy white meat with high protein, low cholesterol, low calories, and it's good for people with heart disease and diabetic people. It helps pregnant women with digestion. And I started to be interested in saying, I can be a rabbit farmer and sell the rabbit because it's healthy. And the rabbit waste good for crops. Then that's where I started with rabbit farming. Tell us, what are some of the toughest lessons you've learned along the way? The toughest lesson I've learned is to teach people about rabbit, that you can eat rabbit and it's healthy. Some people are not listening to you because they are not used to people eating rabbit. Is something that is scarce. Any advice to other women entering the farming arena? And then I want to say to women who wants to start rabbit farming that it's the cheapest livestock to grow. Compared to other livestock, we don't use many vaccines. The food are not expensive. So it's cheap to do the rabbit farming. And then they can take advantage that it's not all over. It's a scarce thing. They can start it. When it gets popular, they will be very far with it. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. Be sure to read Lesejo Marapelli's inspirational article on Foodformzanzi's website. We are drawing closer to the end of another great episode. But first, our book of the week. Our farmers selected Farmer Innovation in Africa, a source of inspiration in agricultural development by Chris Raj and Anne Waters Bayer. The book showcases the major untapped resources in Africa is the creativity of its farmers. Our Snilizo Citizen Journalist of the Year, Terry Ann Browers, reviewed this book. Hi, Dawn and Duncan. Farmer Innovation in Africa shows how one of the major untapped resources in Africa is the creativity of its farmers. The author's objective is to present a series of clear and in-depth studies that demonstrates how small-scale farmers, both men and women, are able to innovate and experiment to improve their livelihoods in the face of adverse conditions and lack of appropriate external support. This book is a rich source of case studies and analysis of how agricultural research and development policy can be changed by presenting evidence of the resilience and determination of rural communities in Africa. Farmer innovation in Africa will be an inspiration to not only farmers, but to researchers, policymakers, and students and teachers of agriculture, environment, and sustainable development as well. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring, and that's an ideal worth preserving. When your family doesn't settle for anything less than magnificence, give them the best with Magnificent Maize Meal. On the field or in the classroom, Magnificent helps your family perform magnificently. Magnificent is a product of VKB Group. Visit vkb.co.za or like our Facebook page for more. VKB, for the love of the land. 
Thanks, Terry Ann Browers, Snilizoy Citizen Journalist of the Year. Now, before we let you go, we now share our farmer tip of the week from Ayanda Nzangase, a vegetable farmer based in Freyet in KwaZulu-Natal. My tip to farmers would be that in as much as it's a good thing to have consultants assisting you with your farming business, it would be important also to do your own reference check with the people that you intend on bringing on board on assisting you with your farming business. For example, in my case, coming from a quantity surveying background, I definitely needed people to help me with my planning and the execution of my farming business. However, it's important to check if those people have conducted similar projects as the one you intend on doing it and how did they perform on those projects to see that they will bring that same success to your business. Also, do not consume everything that you have been told by these professionals. Do your side research and check to see what you've been told will work for your business, will work for your area, especially by checking with other farmers around your area to see if the crops that you're planning on planting does work for the time that you are on actually planting. Through consultation, I actually lost a whole hectare of butternut because at the time I was advised to plant, I was already late for the area that I'm actually planting at. So just do not take everything that you are being told by consultants. It's important for you also to take responsibility of your business and do your own checks and research to make sure that you will get the success and returns that you desire for your business. Just do not take everything that you are being told. Ask around, consult other professionals to make sure that everything aligns and will bring you the success that you desire. And our Farmer Tip of the Week from Ayanda Nzangase brings us to the end of this week's Farmers Inside Track. Proudly brought to you by Food for Mzanzi. For daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists who go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or YouTube. And of course, remember, if you love the podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. The Farmers Inside Track is available for free on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and also, of course, on foodformzanzi.co.za. But from me, Duncan Vasiwa, Don Numdu, Nicole Ludov, Terry Ann Browers and our producer, Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of Team Food from Zanzi, have a great week. Corteva is in it for farmers, for good. As a company solely focused on agriculture, we understand the impact of climatic and soil diversity, the unique requirements of each region, each farmer, each crop, and the need for sustainability. To this, we apply our global mind with 5,000 researchers in more than 130 countries, ensuring farmers of advanced seed technology and guarding growing investments through innovative crop protection. Local investment includes research facilities on par with the best in the world and the largest private insectary in Africa. Advanced genetic breeding is combined with intense trials, testing and refinement in different bioclimatic zones to bring forth the best in-class products. Beyond in-seed value, our on-seed applied technology 
on farm crop protection, digital and agronomic solutions are all designed to optimize farmers' productivity, profitability and sustainability. Because by being wholly devoted to agriculture, we have a deeper understanding of farming, the needs of our farmers and the country's need for farmers. This is what drives our researchers to find new avenues for sustainable growth. It is the reason for having state-of-the-art seed production technology on home ground. Our motivation for creating effective, locally proven solutions to protect land and crops with care for the future. This is the world of Corteva in South Africa. Growing progress, enriching lives, now and for generations to come. Corteva, keep growing. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.com dot co dot za